0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga A teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach Thank you because your people are anointed to receive And together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word In Jesus' mighty name, we pray Let's get back again uh, to Genesis chapter 1. We start off from there and uh, we we pick up. If you were not here on Wednesday, please, I'll beg you to uh, get the message and listen to it. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31. It says, God saw all that he had made. Now, the key word there is all. The key word there is all. Because the, the, we always say that the chain is the weakest link of the chain. That's where the chain can get broken. So, sometimes we examine a part of our lives, but we don't examine all of our lives. Now, if your financial life is okay, but your relationship life has some issues, your relationship life can drain your financial life. If your financial life is okay Your relationship life is okay And your spiritual life is not okay Then that can drain everything Are you following this now? So you've got to Think of your life as oil Or whole Don't allow Any area of your life To be unexamined Even the areas that are not comfortable If you did some bad money decisions This year You own up and say hey I messed up with my finances. Don't try to cover areas where you are not making progress. Right? You've got to be honest to yourself. Okay? So, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So, God saw what he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, let's see again. Um, Genesis now. Chapter 2. This chapter 1, verse 31, God says, hey, everything I made was good, perfect, was okay. Chapter 2, verse 16, verse 18, sorry. Chapter 2, verse 18, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. So God looked at man again and realized, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. He examined that work again and discovered, I need to give man somebody. And that led to the creation of women So you have to Examine areas of your life that are good And areas that are not good And don't Deceive yourself And I want to say this There's this statement that is flying around Everywhere where people say well Take me for who I am If you don't like me You've got to stop all that You've got to stop all that If who you are is not good, then you change. Because what happens is such statements make you stay the way you are without changing. And you're going to find some very unserious people around you who will endorse whatever lifestyle you're living. Let me tell you, whatever you do in this world, there will be somebody who will agree with you. Whatever you do in this world. I mean, go rob a bank, and there are people who are going to comment, but the politicians are stealing. What is there if we rob bank? Is our money in the I'm telling you, that, that people won't see anything evil in that. So it's not the people that agree with you that what you're doing is right, that makes it right, if the Word of God says it is right. All your friends can agree with you, but that doesn't make it right. If the Word of God says something is wrong, then it is wrong. This is our standard. Are you still here? All right, so this is what you're using to judge your life. And that's very important. Okay, write this down. So we continue now. So we talked about having God's plan for the year. Please listen to the message on Wednesday. Write, write uh, these three statements down. First one, it is not what you hear. It's not what you hear, read, or know that counts. It is not what you read, hear, or know, you can put it. It's not what you read, what you know, what you hear that counts. It's what you do with it. So it's not what you hear that will make a difference in your life. It's not what you read that will make a difference in your life. It's not what you know that will make a difference in your life. It's what you do what? It's what you do with whatever you read, hear, or no, Have you seen doctors that smoke? Do you know doctors that smoke? Do you know the doctors who smoke know that smoking is not good? But they smoke. So it's not what you do. It's not what you know. They've spent the whole eight years of their life studying how this whole thing can be Toxic to their lungs And still go ahead and do it So it's not knowledge The fact that you have a big library Does not mean that you are Making progress It can just be a collection of books Are you here? The fact that you are a fantastic pastor Does not mean you make progress Right? The fact that um, You read a lot You know a lot So action is what differentiates people Write that down Action is what differentiates people So in going into the year that we are entering into It's not what you know That's going to make the difference It's the action you put to what you know And and, and that's what separates people every year Action Action People know a lot But then there's an action problem Praise God There is an action problem and if you want to make progress in this life, you've got to deal with that. You know, a lot of people know the dangers of junk food, but they still go ahead and eat it. So it's not what you know. In fact, some people say, I know, I know, but leave it. That's, they are telling you that they know, but they don't want to put action to it. So you've got to... Going into the next day, and like I'll always emphasize, January 1st is not a magical day. Crossover night of 9th, uh, 31st December is not, is not a magical um, event. You can receive all the prophecies in the world from all the leading ministers in the world. In fact, that 31st night, you can set up five TV stations. You are following Pastor Chris. You are following Covenant Christian Center. You are just collecting prophecy here, collecting, collecting, say, whatever. You, 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 you can remain as you are, or even worse. It's good to attend those meetings, but they won't bet change if there is no action. The other statement I want you to write down is without truth and honesty, growth and progress is not possible. I think I said that on Wednesday, but I want to reemphasize it. Right? Without what? Truth and honesty, what are the two things that are not possible? Growth and what? progress. Growth and progress is possible only by truth and honesty. If you're not truthful to yourself, you cannot grow. If you're not truthful in your relationships, you cannot grow. If you don't tell yourself the truth, you will not be able to make progress. Unfortunately, some people lie to themselves. Talked about that song that was released in the 1950s. Excuse Sarah, What shall be, shall be. It's not true. Only happens in music. But in real life, no. You know, I've heard people say this. and, And you know sometimes it's just a faulty understanding of the scriptures. It says whatever God has ordained for me, I don't care. It will come to pass. That's not true. That's not true. You see, the sovereignty of God does not force things on you. How many of you know God ordained that the children of Israel will go into Canaan? You know? Say amen if you know. How many of them entered? Just the, just the, two, the two spies from that old generation and the younger ones. God couldn't force them. First, God didn't just push them and say, you know what you guys, whether you want to enter Canaan or no, you, Canaan you are entering. Move. He didn't do that. God said to them, rather, as you have spoken to my ears... What will I what will happen to you? So shall I do unto you? What did they speak to God's ears? What they said to God was there are giants in that land and were not able to enter. And God says, You're right. Caleb and Joshua says, We're well able to, to possess the mountain. We're well able to get in. God says, You're right. So when you get into the next year, whatever you say about the year, God will say, You are right. And it's not just your words. Whatever your actions portray about the year God is not going to force his good plans on you You're not a robot if, Listen to me, saints If God did not force salvation on you He will not force his blessings on you Are you hearing this? If God did not force you to get saved He's not going to force you to get blessed Are you still here? So, the next statement I want you to write down Number three People do this all the time, but make no progress because there is no consistency. People set goals all the time, alright? So, without consistency, there is no progress. That's what I want you to write down. Without consistency, there is no progress. Yeah? Without consistency, there is no progress. Let me give you an example. If I take five steps, right? I take five steps. So I, I take one, two, three, four, five. There's progress. If I don't take any other step, will there be progress? If I take three steps backwards, would there, there be progress? It's consistency that makes progress. Don't buy that thing that life is mysterious. Life is not mysterious. You are mysterious. Life has principles That if you apply them From the word of God And the wisdom of God You can determine where your life is going to be God did just, God just create us here To be at the mercy of Unidentified flying objects So Three statements It's not what you hear, it's not what you read It's not what you know that counts It's what you do with what you hear just having a lot of books does not mean that you're going to make progress. It can just be a collection of books. Right? Reading a book does not mean it will change your life. It can just be reading. It's what you do that will count. Number two, without truth and honesty, growth and progress is not possible. Number three, without consistency, there's no progress. So, write this down. Capital letters, get organized. Get organized. Get organized. organized. Get organized. If there's one word that will change your life in the year that we're entering into is getting what? Organized. Let me show you what getting organized simply means. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void. Confusion, darkness. Darkness was over at the surface of the earth, and the Spirit of God was moving over at the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. What's the first thing God created? <laughs> the answer is here. Yeah, you can't feel it. What's the first thing God created? Light? light? No, not, no, don't go theological. Just keep it simple. Alright? Light. Right? Let there be light, and there was light. Why do you think God created light first? No theological answer, just basic stuff. So you can see what he's doing. (laughs) That's not true. But you understand that. It's light first. It's light first. It's light first. It's illumination first. It's clarity first. It's light first. Okay. Then then God saw the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and darkness called night. And there was evening and there was morning. Then God said, let there be expanse in the midst of the waters, and let, the waters let, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. Can you see the order with which God was creating? It wasn't like God just say, let it be light and water. No, 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 no. Uh, light. No. It was organization. You could see that God was very methodical in creation. It wasn't it wasn't haphazard. He didn't create fish and now you're like, hey, 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 where these fish go stay? Jesus, where with Oh, okay, bring what? No, that was not it. You know, some people have fishes and no water. Like people who are in relationship and no work and purpose. So they just carry somebody's daughter in their confusion. Say, so where do you think this relationship is going to? You say, go better. Go better. How will how that happen? No clue, nothing. You see that God did not give Adam a wife until he gave him a job and gave him purpose. Because there was something for that woman to help Adam accomplish. So the first question you ask in a relationship is what's the purpose? What's the intention? What's the goal? Are you following this now? So, but you can see that. God created that order. You've got to bring that organization into your life. If you want to create a brand new year, you've got to create it in a very organized manner. Right? So, you can read on. Then the earth... Uh, verse 10. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called season. God saw it was good. Then God said, let the earth spread vegetation, plant yielding seed. So, you could see God created water, separated the dry land, right? Then, What happened? Broad vegetation. Can you see that order? Come on, everybody. Can you see that order? That's it. God was not in a hurry to create everything one day. How many of you realize that God could have just created the whole earth one day and just say, Earth appear completely, formed." No, that's not the process. Even though God is all-powerful, He is organized. Do you realize when Jesus came, he didn't call the 12 disciples once, just, maybe just walk to this and say, all of you, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, follow me. He didn't do that. That's, is that how he called the disciples? Come on, is that how he called the disciples? What did he do? He called one, and called two, and called three. Even going to the cross, he didn't just die once. He could have just said, don't worry, don't, don't flog me. I know I'm here to die. Don't, don't touch me. And just go to the cross. And just say, He didn't do that. He carried the cross. They flogged him. He didn't say, Just flog the 49 ones. No, no, no. They gave him one, two, organized, flogging, three, do you understand that? For even the process of creation was organized. He didn't just die today and resurrected and just say, I'm dead. Can I get up now? No, he didn't do that. He died first day, organization, Second day, organization. Because resurrection was third day. Third day, resurrection. If you are not organized, you are disorganized. There are no middle grounds. Write that down. And write it like you're writing to yourself. Say, if I am not organized, then I am disorganized. No middle ground. Do we agree? (laughs) Do we agree? And you know the beautiful thing? We only talk about the areas we are organized. We don't talk about the areas we are disorganized. How many of you remember where where, where we started from? God saw that all that he created is what? Is good. So, if you are organized in your dressing, but you are disorganized financially, all your organization is not good. So, one of the things I want you to focus on, pay attention to this. One of the things I want you to focus on as we go into next year is identify areas where you are disorganized. Identify the areas where you are disorganized. So, hey, have we agreed that if we are not organized, we are what? Disorganized, right? Now, there are areas where you are organized, and we clap for you. But what's the big thing? The big deal is areas where you are disorganized can also impact on the areas where you are what? Organized. So you're going to look at your life and look at, hey, I'm not organized financially. Or I'm not organized in my space, my home, my, my clothes, my... You know, some people even don't have organized relationships, The whole world is their friend. They change friends every month. Say, ask Job. Don't mind Job, stupid boy. I've left him. (laughs) Two months later, ask Kennedy. Hey, you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear. You don't want to hear. Just leave Kennedy's story. He's dead and buried in my mind. And every month you're changing friends. You just no organization, because your friends are not organized. You don't know what to say to who. You just speak your mind. Right? Your relationships are not organized. You don't know who a mentor is. You don't know who a peer is. You don't know who you're mentoring so you speak to your mentor. You speak to your boss like you're speaking to your father. You speak to your father like you're speaking to your boss. You speak to your husband like you're speaking to your child. And just, there's no organization in your relationships. There's no priority. So you don't know what information to give to who. You don't know what access to give to who. Some of us no organization in our finances, so we can't tell what we have earned or through last year. We just know that God is good and it is well. How many of you know God is good and it is well are not financial statements? Say, how was, you, how was your finances last year? Say, I can just tell you God is good. Or how are your financial <laughs> statements? Say, yeah, it is well. Those are not financial figures. Do you have an account of how much you spent this year? Do you have an account of how much came into your life this year? an account of how much you gave this year. That's organization. You can't get rich being disorganized financially. And if you need help, go get help. Right? You can't, get, um, you can't make progress spiritually if you're disorganized in your spiritual life. You pray when you feel like. You read your Bible when you feel like. You come to church when you feel like. There's no organization to your spiritual development. You won't get better. You won't grow. Come on. So one of the big things for us as a church and as members of this family is next year, we want to get organized. We want to make sure that every aspect of our life reveals organization. Right? Your home, your space, your office, your studies, there's organization. Your finances, your spiritual work, there's organization. A man by the name of Frank Bailey said, if you're not a slave to your calendar, which means if you've scheduled your priorities, then you are a slave to chaos. If you are not a slave to your calendar, which means scheduling your priorities, you are a slave to chaos. In this part of the world, we really do not appreciate scheduling things because we are a communal society, right? Africa, by nature, is very communal. What that means is that the, the, Afri- the typical African culture, I can walk to your house, you know, without telling you I'm coming, and eat. You, you know how it is, right? We can just, we feel offended when people tell us no, because we're not used to schedules. And that's why when if you are employed by a proper company, and I use the word proper company because we have a re- lot of registered companies. But if you are employed by a proper company, one of the things they do is that they take you for training and start teaching you the power of scheduling and goal setting. How I many of you had that? Right? Start teaching you priorities. You know, start giving you all the seven habits of effective people. And they need to renew your mind because you bring that scattered... You know, you can just come to office in the morning and say, I'm hungry. You understand that? It's the African nature. just say, I'm hungry. Then you can stroll out to go and buy food. Right? You can stroll out to go and buy food. And then when you when you are buying food, that person ne- does not know you, but the typical culture is you're free with everybody. And that person can just start gisting you about the husband issue or the child, and then you now carry chances. Sit and sit, and this is not a matter for sit and sit and sit. On. And then you can just decide to eat there. Do you understand? And I mean, and then when you go back and your boss say why, well, you don't understand why the man should be angry, because what you now tell him is, after all, I will get the job done. Will I not get it done? And and that's that's how we live. That's even how we live financially. There's no there's no budget. People don't expect you to say no when they ask you for money because God has blessed you for them. Mm? and they are thanking God for your life so you do the work, they do the taking because you are the star of the family and they have been praying for you that your star will not be dim and so there's just that scattered approach to life even in our spirituality sometimes we're just used to not knowing when church will close because the spirit of God is moving And you know sometimes people walk into a church that is organized and it feels too strict, because they want to praise God loudly. They don't mind just taking chair, take something and praise the Lord. And they carry the pastor's pulpit and they say, I yeah, say, I'm in church we're just free. You know they they, they like that. We celebrate disorganization, and when people question our organization, we get angry. We don't know why people should say no when we ask them to help us with something and they say, I don't have the time. We, we can't understand it. We, we don't appreciate the fact that people need to schedule their time. And because we don't appreciate that for others, we don't also do it for ourselves. You know, I got, I got one of my pastor friends in Holland. He's very interesting. He would send me a message. He said, oh, how's your tomorrow? I'd like to call you out about so-so-so time. In my mind, I'm just saying Call. Just dial the line. You know, dead, that's how, you, that's how calling works. But you know how calling works here? How does calling work? Eh? And if the person is not picking, say, why? You come, look at your phone, 16 missed calls. You think that everybody in the world is dead except you. And they say, what is the issue? Yeah, I just want to hear your voice. 16 16 missed calls. And, 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 and do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, this is, this is, this is, this is, it's not our nature, so you have to retrain yourself. Right? For them, overseas, community is a big issue. They are not communal, all right? So, I mean, having to um, have family meets, have all those gatherings, is a big issue. I mean, I know my friend is spending time to teach on church as a family now. He's trying to because you can have people in the same church who have not seen each other. So it's a big issue. So they have to retrain themselves based on what? On community. We have to retrain ourselves based on what? On scheduling, on prioritizing. And the challenge you're going to have is that when you start prioritizing things like that, then people are not comfortable. But if you do not schedule your life, you will be a slave to chaos. So, you always be running late for everything. You'd always do everything late, right? Everything is late, minute. And listen to this I'm not just teaching you this so you can set goals for the year. I want total life transformation. Let this become your life. Praise God. Come on, are you here? This is how we can make the year count. Because if we're just hoping that next year is going to just be different, I beg to differ, it will not. It will not. And you can see that in our, in, our, in, our, in our nation. The lack of planning is in our nation. Because if, if a nation is planning, they should be able to... I, I, I think Nigeria is hitting 200 million now. Thereabouts. Well, our statistics is never... whatever. But, you know, you should be able to say, at so-so-so time, Bonny Island should have an estimate of so-so-so thousands of people, right? Thousands of people means that this number of people are going to start owning cars, right? That means we have to make make bigger roads. That's just foresight. That's just organization. We were all kids at a point, right? And we have the same size of roads. Now we all have cars. Plus the cars that the people we met here (laughs) have on the same roads. On this flooding issue... Our mission church, th- three of our mission churches were flooded. We've had that flood annually in the past 10 years. I can say that. 10 years. We've had that flood annually. It usually never made the news because it was never this disastrous. My missionaries for the last 10 years had to leave that place every time. So it's not like it's It's unpredictable. Are they going to have flooding issues next year? Yes. Because you know what? Everything just done is about sending rice to people and showing the rice they give to people on TV and that's all. Lack of organization. So when you're not organized in your life, you're always putting out fires. You just solve problems temporarily and it's gone. So you're not organizing your finances, you get into debt, you borrow money, you pay, you are fine. Tomorrow again you're getting into debt. You have not sat down to ask yourself, why am I getting into debt? And I'll tell you whatever company you work here, no matter how much you earn right here, there are your colleagues that are indebted. No matter. Pay people twenty million, they'll owe twenty two. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pay people fifty thousand, they'll owe fifty five. They are your colleagues that are borrowing money from you. You would ask yourself, what are they doing with their money? Because I have a lot of things to sort. And they've been sorting that for the past 10 years. That's why people would retire and it looks like they never worked in their life. And if you're not careful, you are heading to retirement. I know you look agile now. Before you blink, they would have been handing you a plague. Thank you for 30 years of service. And you look back. She's like 30 years, not me, right? So, just a way of letting you know you're getting older, okay. I know you've dyed your hair, you're wearing makeup, you're trying to renew your body, but you're getting old, okay. It's good news, okay. I know you want to be young at heart. That's why we have youth party chairmen in our nation 62 years of political parties and they say we are young at heart. But they have walking stick. Young at heart but the body will not allow you. Right? (laughs) If you follow football you realize that We had a particular footballer who, at the Youth World Cup, was number two to Mercy, right? Had such a fantastic career. Mercy is still playing. Your brother has retired. (laughs) Uh, Why is that? (laughs) I won't say that from the pulpit but there's no structure and there's no system. Remember sports way back? You had the principal cup. You had the secondary school cup. You had the Nuga games. Right? And that is the structure from which people get in. Right? So you have somebody who is in the football academy at the age of six, keeps progressing to the first team, at the age of 16, 18, 19, they're in the first team, 20. And you have somebody here who, who's, got, who's a grandfather goes to play at the Youth World Cup. I mean, you're playing at the Youth World Cup at the age of 16, and your bears are as thick as the savannah forest. Right? We thank God you grew bears quickly. You started growing bears at the age of 10 what happens is at the end of the day, because there is no order, it catches up with them. Because you can only deceive yourself for a little while. Why am I giving you all these examples? I want you to relate with it. If your life is not organized, it will catch up with you. 10, 20 years from now, it will catch up with you. And that's how people get angry at God. Oh, after I've spent my years studying you. After, and, and people almost look like God is not fair. God is not just. Because what? They wasted their time. They wasted their resources. They did not organize their life and their life catches up with them because that's how life is designed. So the next 20 years, the next 30 years of your life, what's going to be the difference? Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Say amen if you are here. So any area where you're not organized, you're disorganized. There's no middle ground. So you have to look at the areas. My finances, listen, if you're not organized in your health, you're disorganized. You need to come to the place where you say, you know what? I can't eat this anymore. Okay? I can't do this anymore. What are you doing? You're building a system into your health. So, so it's not about what you like. You can't keep self-destroying yourself and expect to live in divine health. God did not prosper you to eat yourself to death. That's not why God prospered you. So you just have to be conscious. I know some of us want to make up for the years that the Kankamom and the Parma have eaten within lick ice cream when we were small, within eat suya when we were small, within eat biscuit when we were small, and you have vowed that in this life, you must, you must make up what your father could not give to you. you. So every time you you are eating, you just say, I thank God for where God has brought me. When I was growing up, I did not lick ice cream. I'm not saying you shouldn't lick ice cream, right? But you understand what I'm trying to say. You you, you need to come to the place where you just tell yourself the truth. This thing. It's not good for me. Right? Maybe I, I can count the number of soft drinks I drink in a year. I can actually count the number. Right? You can actually count the number. Nothing spiritual about it. I just, in, in studying a little bit about health and everything, I just have markers in my life that when it gets to this age, I'm not doing this anymore. When it gets to this age, I'm not doing this anymore. When I get to this age, I'm not doing this anymore. I just have those markers. So there are, there are some age I will get to, it's just part of the plan, part of the organization. I won't do it anymore. So there's any things I'm eating right now, I just know that your time is near. <laughs> your time for exit is near. It's just that way. Would your body feel like it? Would your emotions feel like it? Yes, but life does not answer to emotions. Are you following this now? All right. So, failure rate of goal setting... So, what I'm actually teaching is not so much about goal-setting, but life transformation. That, I think that's the, the big thing for me. I'm not saying, okay, just go back. No, no, let it just be a life. You, you, you're making this your life. You're not just setting a goal to read. You're making it your life to do what? To be a reader. That's the, that's the, that's the goal. So, for new goals, uh, from research, <clears throat> failure rates over the first six months. Okay, so of those who make New Year resolutions, after one week, 75% are still successful in keeping it. After two weeks, the number drops to 71. After one month, the number drops again to 64. After six months, for the 6% of people who make resolutions are still successful in keeping it. In fact, after the eight months, only about 20%. And only 10% of the people who make New Year goals keep it till December. I know you can look at yourself and you know that I'm not in that 10%. You want us to try? <laughs> Some of you look at your and Say, Pastor, go back to that first one week. That is my percentage, seventy-five percent. Because by January seventh, you are even looking for the book you wrote. Go. You go say, Did you see one blue diary? Say, What is it? Say, My goal for the year. Goal, go, go go has lost. They're not looking for goals. <laughs> So it's not goals that you know. I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you life transformation, all right? So four areas, simple, two simple questions you need to ask. First, number one, what should come first in the first quarter of this year, in a year we're entering, that will change my life? What, 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 what do you want to do in the first three months? What, what's the first thing you want to do to get into the year? What's the first order you want to bring in? And can I tell you something? Whatever you want to start doing by January, start it by December. Get your body, if you want to say, you know, just here, by January 1st, I want to get up by 3 o'clock and pray. Start in December. Because your body does not respond to those goal setting. You've, you've got to retrain your body again. Right? So you can actually start your year next month, start training yourself, and psychologically it says it takes you days to form a habit. You know, so you do that before you know you, you, you're up to speed by January 1st. Anything you're starting by January 1st is already late because your body is not just going to suddenly get up, right? Um, how many mothers or fathers here do school runs? Get up early. Let me see your hands. Only two people. When do your children go to school? How many of you get up early? Let me see your hands. Get up early to do school runs. Okay, those of you who don't have none, so it will help you. Okay. During holidays, what happens to your body? Huh? Does it automatically adjust? Let's say the kids are on holidays. They say holiday is Monday. On Monday, do you just automatically adjust? What happens? You still wake up, right? Then, if it's a long holiday, you now sleep longer and sleep longer. What happens when you come back from vacation, September, when they want to go back to school again? Uh, hey. Can you just drop out of school? You, you know what's happening right there? That's just to tell you that life is not static. Do, do you get it? If you are training yourself in a particular direction, your life is going to go that way. If you stop training yourself, your body is going to do what? It's going to adjust. So if you want to get something up to speed by January, you start building now. It's not during crossover night. You say, I will get up to pray. I will get up to read my Bible. I will type. Forget it. Forget it. By January 2nd, you just say, i hey, somebody that says, I laugh that we keep going. By January 8th, you just say, don't worry. Next year, I know. This is my final year of misbehavior. So you, you have to... to the that was created first before fish got created by order. So you have to bring order into your life. So one of the things you want to do is bring on top the area you're struggling the most. And hit it. There are areas you already have strength. Okay? So, I'll give you an example of my life. I'm I'm a word person. I study the word. I read the word. I read books. Alright? But then, I I looked at my word and prayer life and I realized my word life is real. You know, my prayer life is great, but it's not... Word is better. (laughs) You know, I study word more. So what I decided to do was to set an intentional schedule of getting my prayer life up. So I just say? well, I'm going to pray 12 to 1 every day. I'm going to do it for a month. What am I doing? I'm attacking that area of weakness, but I'm very definite about it. So the last couple of months, 12 to 1 I prayed, 12 to 1 I prayed, 12 to 1 I prayed. Were there days I feel like not praying? Oh, days like that. But I have to. And what I just discovered after a while, prayer was just up. It, you, it's, not, it's not magic. It's not like because I'm a pastor, there's an anointing to pray, there's an anointing to read the Bible. You know, some people have asked me, how do you really, ah, how do you know the Bible like that? God has given you grace. Yes, he has given me grace. The grace is I buy a new Bible, I open the Bible, I read, I see something, I study. So you've got to bring that area of your life where you're struggling up. If it's your finances, bring it up and deal with it. Because if that thing is not dealt with, it's going to be an issue. And into the year. If it's your relationship, bring it up. Deal with it. Write the names of your friends. Write them down. You know, I went for a leadership training and that was the first thing I lectured. I said, write the name of seven of your friends. How they end up is how you will end up. I wrote the name of seven. (laughs) I was like, do you read these (laughs) people? You know, your closest friends are are, signs to your future. So you just eliminate. Don't, don't, don't feel bad to let people go. It can be tough, but some people just have to leave. It can be tough. but Yeah. You didn't make it into next year. Write your own list. Because while you're writing your own list, some other person is eliminating you also. So just make sure that you're not eliminated from everywhere and you have kept everybody. Yeah, I'm telling you. There are some people that have decided you are not their friend going into next year. And you know how it is. You are just maintaining the relationship in their mind. They are disconnected. That's true. So, four areas to create a brand new year. Four areas you need to look to. Number one, thank you, Lord. Are you getting blessed this morning? Yeah, I really want us to have a powerful super year. I want you to, to be great next year. And even if you had a great year this year, it can be greater. You don't need to rest. You don't need to, like, coast. Choices. Choices. How do you create a brand new year? First is choice. If you do not make different choices, the outcome of next year would be exactly the same that you have this year. Choices have to be different. Especially areas where you didn't do right. The year is made up of your daily choices. So you have 365 days of daily choices. So you're going to make... Right? That's that's what's going to happen. You can choose to get better, or you can choose to remain the same. Let's read the scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. Very interesting scripture. And it to finishes today. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Look at what God said. Can we read from verse 15, please? Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. Very quickly. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity. That and adversity. Can you see? Can you see that scripture? Hey, everyone, can you see that scripture? I have done what? Set before you what? Life and prosperity, death and adversity. Set before you and I. Okay, verse, next verse. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, keep His commandments, and His status and His judgment, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess. 17. But, if you turn your hearts away, and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods, and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. Simple. You love the Lord your God, prosper. Don't love the Lord, Perish. God has anything to do with it. No. You have everything to do with it. Okay? I declare to you today that you should you will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. 19. God is now calling for witness. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. Right? But you realize this was Moses speaking to the children of Israel because he's about to die. Right? I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that like I have said before you life and death blessing and, and the curse so so do what? everybody say it loud so do what? he even tells you what to choose but you know people heard this and still chose death you know, sometimes people wonder why is their life like that. You see, we have to stop making it look like life treats us so badly. We really need to check our choices. We almost make it look like, you know, God is just sitting and God is just sitting. Then after taking popcorn and watching Wakanda, then God says, "Yeah, this part two is very good." Who am I going to bless today? I just look around, look around, look around, look around, look around, look around, look around. Look around, look around. Say you. And so, it's like we're just serving God. Everybody's waiting. God, call me. God, call me. Father, let it be my year. No, he puts stuff ahead of you and you make your choice. Right? That's what God does. He tells you even what to choose. I'm teaching you now what to make next year better. You can choose not to do it. You can choose not to do it. They are talking order, order. It's not when somebody has money that we have order. Okay, no problem. Continue. (laughs) Ten years down the line, you're looking for a bottle of oil to drink. Because marine spirits are chasing you. If you discover that spirits are chasing you always, then put your spiritual life up so that you can grow and they stop chasing you. Then focus on your spiritual life. Before you start drinking oil, buying handkerchief, you know, getting up at 12 to pray, doing all kinds of stuff and just stressing your life up, Why is the devil not chasing other people the way he's chasing you? He said, because my destiny is bright. Which, uh, which destiny? Go to school. You didn't go to school. Learn work. You didn't learn work. We say the devil is chasing you. Your destiny is bright. If you were the devil, will you chase somebody like you? You also don't know that the devil has limited resources and is strategic. I mean, once the devil knows that you have a self destructive habit, he does not chase you anymore because you will kill yourself. But you know, a lot of things we blame on the devil. All you need is just to have one habit that is self destructive, and the enemy leaves you alone because you self destruct, you will implode. You think the devil has time to be chasing you? He leaves people like Job and be chasing you for what now? Say, because they saw that my destiny is very bright. And you see all, all those people who say all those things after you have delivered them, when you give them counsel to, they will not. You now realize why they are that way. You have gone through deliverance. Somebody now calls you and say, hey, "Come, think of a business you can start." You now go and bring proposal of two million. You just realize that foolishness will cost you in this life. And then by the time foolishness has costed you a lot, you start using your age to threaten people. For the tell you you say, I'm not your mate. (laughs) If not for the way life treated us. And that becomes your mantra. That becomes your anthem. That becomes how you respond to every situation. So everywhere you go, you introduce your gray hair before you to use yourself. You see, my hair is white, No, your mate. My name is Maxwell. (laughs) Because that's the the only thing that you can now use to silence people from giving you what? Proper counsel. Listen to this. Listen, saints, we have a choice in this life. And with God's word, we can get our choices Right? All we need to do is if you obey the word, you will end up in prosperity. It might take time, but if you do the word, you will end up in prosperity. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have said before you life and death, blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and what and your descendants. Then he tells us how to do that. By loving the Lord your God. He tells them again. It's like see. This is the examination. This is the answer. Just write the answer and pass. Tell them what to do. Let's look at another scripture about choices. Choices. Numbers 14, 28. Numbers 14, 28. Thank you, Lord. Say to them, (laughs) "As, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken to my ears. So what will happen? So I will surely do to you. Hmm? It says, your cuff will fall in this wilderness. Even all your numbered men. They were grumbling. We cannot enter. God brought us here. And God says, hey, whatever you say, that's what you have. Let me tell you something. Do you realize that if people were looking at the children of Israel dying in the wilderness, they would feel like, ah, God could not bring them in. Their God is wicked. They'll have a wrong perception of God because the people made choices. Sometimes people have a wrong perception of God because we make the wrong choices. Listen to me. If there's anything you're going to use to create a brand new year next year, it's the power of choice that God has given to you. If you use it rightly, you'd have a brand new year. If you use it wrongly, you have whatever year you're creating. So we create the year by our choices. The most important choice you can ever make is to, to recreate the year is your spiritual growth. Okay? Romans 12, 11 to 12. Whatever choice you make, you ultimately become a slave of that choice. So if you make a choice, that choice ends up making you. All right. Number two, I want to go quickly because of time. Number two, competence. So the first one is what? The choice. All right? Now, if you want to recreate a brand new year, the next thing is competence. It's competence. Okay, I'll just give you the scriptures because my time is fast spent. I wrote this down. Static value would produce static income and results. Static value would produce static income and results. What I'm trying to say is this. If you're not increasing in value, your income will not grow. Competence. Mediocrity in value will produce mediocrity in results. So, what value I, are you more valuable going into next year? Static, res, static value will produce static income and results. Mediocrity in value will produce mediocrity in results. Proverbs twenty nine verse. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Put it up for me. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Now look at this. As you are going into next year, huh? Do you have increased value? What did you add to your life this year that will increase your value next year? People get into the year with the same amount of value and expect things to be different. What did you do this year to increase your value? You know, I was telling Pastor Mary, I said, I realized that people just assume that if you give them money, they will do business well. How many of you have seen people like that? You have not seen? They just be oh, just give me money, right? And you give them money. One, One year down the line, what happens? Those people will never buy a business book. They will never read a sales book. They will never study about the business. Let me tell you, money is not your problem. Wisdom is. Money is not your problem. Wisdom is. What value? What did you add to your life this year? What will make your boss proud of you? What extra skill did you learn? You are in that, that job. You haven't improved. The way they brought you two years ago, that's the same way you are in that same job. says, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings and he will not stand before obscure men. I think I dealt with this in my book, What's an Increase is the Missing Link. Are you getting better? Are you increasing your value? Put up 1 Samuel 16, 16. When, when um, Saul needed someone to play for him, They said, look for a man who is skillful. Says, let our Lord now command your servants who are before you. Let them seek a man who is a skillful player on the half. A a man who is a skillful player. The king was not just looking for any kind of player. Right? Come on. That's your skill. Did you get better this year? You know, sometimes... The time which we should use to get better in our skill, We spend in all kinds of things You are Your work involves writing What stops you From getting better in your English Getting better in your writing The mistakes you made two years ago You're still making them in your writing And your work involves writing Hmm? Let me tell you something we live in a, in a nation, unfortunately, where even when you go to school, you might not be taught, you know, <laughs> you might not be taught well. Let's be mild about it. Right? So when I was going to school, I, I realized that I had to do extra study. You, you had to just go the extra mile. Because I'll tell you something. By the time you come out of that school and say, I'm an engineer, nobody's going to quote your lecturers. Nobody's going to say, oh, they didn't teach you where well. I'm sorry. Let's just give you the job because the educational system. Are you following what I'm saying? When, come on, are you following what I'm saying? When you hold that certificate, tell yourself, I should be able to defend what I learned. They didn't teach you, but you don't, listen, in this world of today, you don't have any excuse not to be skillful there are youtube channels free that you can go and learn stuff instead of scheduling yourself to go and learn stuff you are a every time you play no be juju be that 70 year old man no be juju be that 70 year old man you have a playlist that's only what you like that's only what you like every time 70 year old man 70 year old man 70 year old man Every time your phone, like yeah, Jesus. 70 years don't you be that. You know all the comedians. You know which one their career is going down. How does that profit you? What is the profit to your life? What's the profit to your life? You, 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 you know. You, you, I know you are praying for a long life. You almost, you almost live like time is not counting. You just live like I don't know. You just careless. You just live like it will be okay. I'm fine. It, no. You are married. You're having issues maritally as a man. You will not get books on marriage to read. You are is what you watched in African magic. How kungo was treating the wife. That's what you... See, I've, I've studied these women. Women have studied... The, the women you studied, this movie. Not a book. Not a counseling session. Not a message. If you were the boss, would you employ you? If the company was yours, would you be retained? Let me tell you, as a Christian, you owe anybody who pays you monthly. The best of your brains. When you when you walk into that company, you owe them the best. If you feel they are not paying you enough, drop your resignation later. Don't go and create mediocrity there and be a bad example of a believer. They don't like me in this office, it makes no business. Excellence has no like or no. If you are the best there, they'll call you. You know, Daniel was not loved. Right? They even tried to find a fault with his work. What happened? They said they could not find a fault. If you want to find fault with your work, <laughs> you know, Pastor, just leave that side. Hmm? Is there a reason to retain you? Are you better? Are you skillful? Can your boss trust in you if there's a problem? I say, you know what? I know it's it fast, I'll get this thing sorted. Call that guy for me and you are good at it. Life is not just about more money. The brain that God has given to you, maximize it. Why are you leaving a half part of your brain empty? Nothing is there. Fill it up. I mean, when you get to heaven, God will say, your brain was big. Where did you use one quarter? <laughs> God don't mind They were not paying me well. No. It's your brain. Use it. It's one life. Let your brain sweat. Learn something new. You know, there's a confidence you will have when you when you start when your brain start working. Maximize your brain. Some of, you of me- Some of you have been learning musical instruments for six years. Seventh year anniversary of the musical instrument. Keyboard ping ping pong ping pong pum. One year. <laughs> then the next year, happy birthday. They they don't have to sing the song very, very quick. If not, they'll miss everything. They say, yeah, easy, easy, no rush. bam, 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 two years. So after six years, you can play six songs. Can you be skillful? Right? You know, one of my goals next year or Lifestyle Transformation next year, is to be a better teacher of the world. So I I just want to teach better. You have to get better. You can take advantage of YouTube channels and just get better. One of the best theological institutions in the world, very priced, very expensive. Right? What did I do? Just subscribe to their chapel services and I get to hear their lecturers teach all the time. So if you cannot pay the school fees, you can ask, at least subscribe with data and get something. This next year, use your brain. Let your brain work. Come out at the end of 2023 and you know what? I stretch my brain. Right? You're not too old to learn. You know, there's something in, in medicine called neuroplasticity, right? If, you, if, you, if you're into medicine. As you study, the, as you study more... It's almost like your brain grows. Hmm? Don't just let your brain coast. Especially because we live in a society that does not value brains. So you can just feel, Nigeria, don't, whether you went to school, you did not go to school, just have money, just have money. You see, what that mindset does is even for your own life, you now throw away your brain and everything is about what? money 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 and you don't live up to the fullness of your potential see things will not always remain like this you will be surprised that when a good government comes in place and a good system comes in place a lot of people will just follow you. and by then you are not ready do you realize that if we have a proper government in place and a law is passed and say every position you are occupying should be based by merit ask yourself if you'll be retained because some of us have jobs. Because somebody wrote a letter to somebody that somebody now wrote a letter to somebody. Even if they got you a job like that, tell yourself that since they got me here by letter, I will stay here with my brain. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't let yourself down. It's like what I tell some of the young pastors I mentor. Don't allow the preaching of Nigeria to shape your your, your mindset. So, by the time you, God opens the door for you in US, you are still preaching about marine spirits there. And it, I mean, in their mind, they'll think you're talking about the US Marine. Yeah? Unfortunately, because we have migrated there, we have taken this doctrine there too now. So, sadly, they are beginning to even copy us. You don't have an, a ministry expression that can only thrive based on the foundation of witches and witchcraft and based on poverty so you don't have a message to to rich people there is no message because the ultimate goal of the ministry is that people will be rich number three correction correction how well you respond to correction and how how well you receive and act on that correction will be key to creating a brand new year Many repeat mistakes of the previous year. And they wonder why things are not different. How well you respond to correction. Just give me a few minutes. I need to finish this. And how well you act on that correction. Will determine a brand new year. Why? Because many people do what? Repeat mistakes of the same year. Three ways you can receive correction. Number one, you receive correct... Sorry. Four ways... Put up Genesis 4-7 for me, please. Genesis 4-7 for me. The number one way you can receive correction is from God. Everybody, let's read this scripture together. I just write it down, but let's, let's read this scripture together. Look at what God told Cain. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Listen to me. Cain would not have killed Abel if he received the correction from God. God told him, hey, 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 boy, sin is closed at your door. He ignored the correction and killed his brother. And you know what the Lord told him again? Here again, the power of choice. He says, sin is at the door of your heart. He says, but master it. As you are going into next year, temptations will come, sin will come, all kinds of things will come, but God will tell you, hey, master this thing. Master it. If you ignore that correction, you can commit murder. And that's what happened. Ignore that correction. Ignore that correction. See again here. God gave him a choice. God did not say, Oh, sin, I want to do it. no. Give him a choice. You can master this thing. Whatever you're struggling with can be mastered. So correction from God, number two, correction from your mentors. Correction from your mentors. Don't be someone that they have to correct twice. They correct you on something, and then they correct you again and again. Make up your mind, next year, I'm going to receive correction once. You're doing something in your office, and your boss says, hey, I don't want this done again. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. You see, people love to work with those who are willing to receive correction. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So you do that, right? Um... Correction from your mentors or your boss. Then correction from the messages you hear and the books you read. See, as I'm teaching you right now, there is a form of correction in the message. Do you agree with that? So what do you do? How you act in it will determine how the year will be. So even from the books you have bought and you are reading, there's correction there. Because every time wisdom comes forth, wisdom comes forth with two things, edification and what? correction. Sometimes wisdom just comes to build you up in what you're already doing or wisdom comes to do what? To correct you. So that book you are reading, is there correction there? Then receive it. That message you're listening to. So how well we respond to correction is important. Sometimes it can be from your husband to your wife, from the wife to the husband, children. You know how you receive correction. Make up your mind to be someone that can be corrected. There is nothing as worse in this life like when some people when they refer to you as that one, leave him. He cannot be corrected. Oh, it's not a good place because you know what will happen. People will see you self destruct and they will refrain from speaking to you. Are you Are you still here? All right. Uh, last one. Clarity. Clarity clarity give me mark 138 the last one clarity so we talk about choices competence correction and clarity give me mark 138 now in mark 138 very interesting i'll give you the background to the story so you're feeling it um Jesus had done this ministry and people wanted him to still preach there. So he says he said to them, "Let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for." Now, very very important. Listen to when I mean clarity. Jesus did not take the opportunity to preach because those people were demanding him to preach. He had a master plan, right? Where's Edgar? Edgar, you're an architect, right? When somebody comes and says they want a building, what's the first thing they want to build. What's the first thing you, you tell them, right? To tell you what kind of building they want, right? If the person does not tell you what kind of building they want, would you be able to draw it? So if the person is not clear, you know, imagine somebody comes and says, I want a building. You say, uh, Do you want the duplex? Do you want the bungalow? Do you want to say, mm, Duplex bung? Bon? <laughs> have duplex, have bungalow. Uh, what's going? On? There's no building like that. So listen to me. The first thing about going into next year is: Do you have a clear picture of what you want the year to be? Is there clarity? Now, the clarity I'm talking about is you are so clear on what you want to do that you can walk away from certain opportunities because it does not fit into your master plan. I'm not talking about entering the year where everything that comes your way you take. No, no. Are you clear? Are you clear on what you want? You know, sometimes, (laughs) you you have to just be clear. You have to be clear. Clarity. He says, no, 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 no. I'm not taking that opportunity. It's a good thing. I'm not taking it because I have to go to other places because there's a master plan that I'm following. Right? So, if you take too many opportunities that comes your way, you'll be derailed from your purpose. Are you clear on exactly what you want next year? Are you clear on what God wants for you next year? The first place a building is built is on paper. The first place. When we were building this church, right? Right before this physical structure came up, we had a picture of it. And so, every block was laid based on what? That picture. The first thing into going, next, going into next year is to have a mental clarity. So that January, what block are you putting on? February, what block are you putting on? So that by December, you have a complete picture. Right? People who do interior decorations. Right? When you walk into a place and they say, we want you to decorate this place. Where does the decoration, first of all, take place? In your mind. In your mind. You don't now go and buy flowers and buy this tiana, put flowers, Say, hey, We should have bought yellow flowers. We'll manage it. And if you're a proper interior decorator, you will know where they manage things. Some of our lives are like that. Everything comes. We just manage. We just manage. By the time we get to December, instead of looking like a beautiful house, it looks like a shrine. You know that the shrine is not... Interior decorators don't work with a shrine, Right? They see red cloth, they put. They bring blood, they spill. They bring calabash. You have not seen shrine before? Are <laughs> <laughs> you like you have not seen shrine before? There is a way shrine looks. It's, it's not organized. Because it's, it's devilish. So there's red cloth, there's this thing, there's blood, there's everywhere. You know, the more complex it is, the more it really looks like a shrine. Even a shrine is too neat, you know that. No. I don't think this god is working. Yeah, because that's, that's so. I mean, don't make your life look like, like a shrine by December. Hmm? Are there things you will not do? Are there places you will not go? Are there invitations you will not take? Are there stuff? She you said, clear in your mind. It's the mental image translated to paper that translates into the house you see. The year is blank. The year is blank. Clarity. It's what determines the things you will do and will not do. Listen, take these two messages I've taught. Listen to them over and over and over again. If you act on the things that I've taught, there is no help. By December 31st next year, you look back and you're not amazed at what you've built. The year is blank. You go in clear. And don't try to set millions of goals. Just bring order into your life. Just bring, you know, just bring organization into your life. It can be as simple as trying to track every expense that you make. Getting your financial house in order. Getting your spiritual life in order. Just saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be more committed to God. And then, lastly, you must tell yourself things you're not going to do. I'm exiting from this. I'm exiting from this. I don't have all the time. I want to manage my time so I can be skillful in what I'm doing. Increase your value. Right, increase your value. There are people in this world who will pay you. I didn't have time to read the scripture, but you know when Jacob worked for Laban and he wanted to go, what did Laban say? He says, name your wages. Listen, there are companies in this world, there are people in this world who are willing to pay for your brain if you put more value in it. That you will come to a place where you determine what you earn, how you work, I mean, you can be any great right now, and it's just mediocrity compared to what you can really afford in this life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It can be. It can be. Over the years, when the Lord started leading us to train pastors and leaders and everything, and today we train pastors all over, all over, all over, in other nations, online. She's been of a blessing to pastors. And maybe just about four, five, four years ago that the Lord, 2017, that the Lord began to give us that mandate. Right? I was looking at our podcast for pastors, 8 minutes podcast. We do every Thursday. I was looking at that. And that podcast had been downloaded 6,000 times in the last one year in 35 nations of the world. And looking at it in the office, we're saying we want to build consistency in this. And there's something else we we want to start doing with pastors next year clarity of your assignments I was invited to preach in Burundi and he said we were going to have an evangelistic crusade and a pastors meeting in the morning and I told him I'm not an evangelist by calling so I went with another pastor you know I allowed him to do the evangelistic stuff I mean crowds were more massive and we had fewer pastors to train but that's clarity of my assignment. Because I'm not the type that would stand on the stage and say, Jesus died for you. Come to Jesus. Jesus died for you. He died on the third day. I, I'm not. I, I, I will preach that way. you right? If I'm talking about the death of Jesus, I'm talking about why did he die? How did he die? What's the Greek word for death? It, 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 that's me. It's clarity. You know, there are some topics they will invite me to preach today. I will not accept. I mean, might, maybe being invited to go and preach in a conference and they say, my blood is bitter. How do I start? From which scripture? Do you understand? So you just have clarity. Taking every opportunity that comes your way in life just simply shows that you don't know what you want. So next year will be full of opportunities, but you don't have to take everything. If you're building a master plan, are you following what I'm saying? It's just like you're building a house. The house, like an auditorium made up of four windows, right? Then somebody just bought one beautiful window. I just said, ah, I like this window then where do we put it? (laughs) Right? So if if we have space for four windows and they bring five windows, what do we say? Hey, we can only accommodate what? Four windows. Turning down certain opportunities shows clarity. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the beautiful year that you've set ahead of us. Lord, we thank you because we're making the right choices. We thank you because we're developing the right competence. We thank you, Father God, because you are helping us by your Spirit, illumination and insight to receive correction, to adjust to correction. And Lord, you're helping us to have clarity in the year that we're entering. I pray, Father God, that these words Mm -hmm. will be engraved in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Praise God. All right. Two things very quickly. First of all, uh, let's start getting our offerings ready. I want to thank you for your generosity. Those of you who are constantly giving and tithing, God bless you. God bless you greatly. And uh, let's have our accounts up. So get your offerings ready. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs>